Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 15 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, where this week we'll be covering one of the greatest weeks in the club's history. What hit me as soon as we looked at the site was that it would drive a unique design. You know, that's, and again, I don't, I don't mean to disparage any of the new buildings, whether they're in this country or any other. I mean, but, but. I think state-of-the-art just has often gotten wrapped up in this idea that it has to be this amazing architecture you've never seen before. There's something so powerful about the idea, like the Titanic, to be able to, you know, salvage the history of a place like that. And then to do it with a football club that has 130-year history with the building, you know, that was amazing. So for me, that was the power of this site. And we'll be running through all the latest transfer links and pre-season. Oshkampo, away down this right-hand side, he's got very little in the way of support, he has to hold on to the ball, tries to bring it in field, away from oh, Mason Holgate, and the referee points to the penalty spot, and Oshkampo, Lucas Ocampos, has won a penalty kick. So lads, what a, what a week or what a last, last few days it's been for the club, uh, absolutely monumental moments I'd say, with the unveiling of the, the Bramley Moor stadium designs just wow it's absolutely I think we said last night Mike didn't we went to the All Together Now thing last night uh, which by the way did a great job uh, putting on um, uh, the podcast last night live in the Brownie Moor um, and obviously Dan Mice who shall now be known as Sir Dan Mice in these parts <laughs> but um, what a guy he's such a great guy he came across so well and he's delivered well, almost unanimously, like like a dream for us, isn't it? But I think. I mean, before we go on to what obviously what what he said yesterday and Thursday, and what the club have said since the, the release of the designs, what were you when you obviously there, there was a few leaks that got out just before, wasn't there? Within like sort of two hours prior to the unveiling in the Titanic, and inevitable though. Yeah, it? It, it was. It was a shame because they've obviously come from someone within the media because they got access at four o'clock, and they've, they've come from then, which is a shame. Um, shows that you can't trust the media to be honest Ooh, controversial, controversial. but when I, when I saw the, the official release videos and images I mean watching the video I sort of got a bit of a lump in me throat watching the video you know when um, especially when it goes through into the lounge and you see the, the tunnel and, and then you hear the sirens don't you and Zed cars kicks in and, and you get, you get little, I got a little bit uh, a bit emotional for probably a number of reasons. One, Goodison Park is at, when this when this ground obviously comes to fruition and it's built, Goodison Park will be no more. And two, it's such a massive, massive step for our club going forward. He's really captured, doesn't he, something about the spirit of the football club and the fans. It's not like a generic stadium. You know, all new stadiums are fantastic, aren't they? I mean, I know we, we spoke a lot toward the end of last season about um, Spurs ground because I think we were the, the first game there weren't we and I know you went Mike well, one of the first because he played Palace first and he bought, I was lucky, lucky enough to get down there for the last game of the season uh, and, and I was massively looking forward to it you know to, to see what all, all the fuss was about and I thought it was an absolutely f- phenomenal stadium of course but it doesn't have the, the character of the project that we've put forward for Everton Stadium at Bromley Moor you know dockside location on the water the blue wave the stand behind the goal I mean where do you start <laughs> We, we, we could probably have, a, have about two or three podcasts talking about the, the concept that, that, has been, that has been drawn up, what obviously Dan Mice has decided to do, what the club, what the fans have brought to the whole process, to be honest with you, because let, let's face it, 
we're, we're a big factor in this and have been since we knew that he was the architect. I know he's been getting cased from day one. You know, Everton fans are like like a dog with a bone, aren't we? And, um, but when, when, I, when I saw it, I'll be honest with you, I expected something different. I expected, I think I had that the Lucas Oil Stadium in, in my head, which it's mainly brick, isn't it? And I thought, warehouse feel, a lot of brick. But I'll be honest, I, I, I absolutely love what he what he's done with it. That that brickwork with the with the leech the the, uh, the design from the Bullens Road. Listen, it's just it's little touches like that. And and he said he said last night when when me and Lee were obviously there, lucky enough to be there when he was speaking. Um, and he said, you know, yeah, we we wanted to sort of, you know, we we didn't want to replicate Goodison Park. But you can't replicate Goodison Park, can you? But we wanted to bring elements of Goodison Park to it. Hence. You know the brickwork in uh, in regards to, to the Leeds design, the Bullens Road is one example. But this is not Goodison Park. Let, let's let's get this right. We all love Goodison Park, but this is a stadium for the future. Now for the for the ages that are, that are coming through, um, and the most important part of what what I think he said last night was, this is it's a it's a football stadium. It's not a not a Bentley with a word to use. It's a it's a Ferrari. It's a performance stadium. It's a football ground. It's not a multi-purpose arena for athletics like the Solus Olympic Stadium. It's nothing like that. It's Everton Football Club. It's our ground. It's built for football. It's tight. It's compact. It's a it's a lion's den. That's what it's all about. And for me, listen, I, I listen to that to that man talk all day about Everton. I get I really could have money's done because he's just brought that feel good factor back, and he's brought all Evertonians. On that blue wave with him, hasn't he? And everyone, there's, there's no. I've, I think I've seen one comment where someone wasn't happy with the, the tunnel because they said it was like a zoo. Listen, <laughs> come on, yeah, come well, on. Let's, let's. I, I think I think you bang, bang the nail on the head there. I think the amalgamation of the surrounding area encapsulating the history, like you said, you know, the mixture of brickwork and steelwork and glasswork, in the, it just looks like a perfect amalgamation there for me. Um, I mean. It almost looks surreal, doesn't it? Thinking that you know, in the next four years, we're potentially going to be going down there. It feels like dreamlike to see it, but it, I think he's—you've mentioned it there, Pete. I think he's by getting getting the fans on board, early doors really, getting all there. He's taking all that on board, and it feels like he's managed to bring all that to the table, hasn't he? Because you know, he mentioned it himself last night. You know, he's built stand, you know, stadiums for Roma, and he's got his, he's designed stadiums for them. But with this one, he said the passion from the fans has come across so much. Um, and he's listened, doesn't he? And he's listened exactly. He hasn't just gone off like you know. A lot of architects can be criticised sometimes for being you know massive egos and that I want to do it my way. But he's clearly taken on board um, what everybody has said from the fans. I think obviously you know the chairman by the sounds of it, Bills had, had quite a, you know a bit of big input into it as well. But it's also the, the location, isn't it? If you think about where we could have been, well, some of the things that have been brought up. I mean, it would have been a nightmare. Iconic, it? isn't it? Doc, yeah. Dockland yes. location. And it's almost a second bite, second bite, isn't it? Because we missed out on King's Dock because we couldn't raise the funding. And what was it? Some like we only had to raise thirty million quid at the time or something stupid. It was ring fence, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. I mean, we felt like we'd missed that dock opportunity, and now to get it again, and it feels like it's going to be a reality now. Um, you know, he was saying, well, I think his words were, "The only thing that's going to stop this now is just non-fan engagement." You know, everything else is pretty, pretty much agreed. And I think that's important to mention that. You know, if anyone can try and get down to any of these consultations that's going on around the city over the next, what is it, the next few next, weeks? Next couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. What, what we'll do is we, we'll put out, um, the list is, is well publicised where the, the People's Project Roadshow is going to be. Uh, download the app. I know there's various issues with Google Play, but it's available on iTunes, will be available on Google Play as well. Download it, try and immerse yourself. And I know it sounds maybe like a little bit cheesy, but this is such a big thing for our club going forward. You, you've got to really be part of the whole process. And that's what, what uh, Dan Mice was saying yesterday. He wants all the fans. It's so important, whether you're Everton fans, Liverpool fans, football fans, not football fans. It's a big thing for the city, not just our club. It's such a big thing for the economy of this city. Um, it's for everyone to get involved and voice their opinion. Listen, we're, we're, we're blessed in a way to have, have such a, an iconic location. You know, we look look at where we could have been. That's 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 all I'll say. I met someone tweeted the uh, the other day when the plans came out. The the plans for Kirby, mm. and it was th- this 
the stadium lumped in a, a shopping centre car park effectively Tesco one side the stadium the other side and you know we could have been as a st- Stonebridge cross up in, up in and do you remember how divisive that was I yeah. think all season ticket holders had to do a, a vote at That's the time the I'm rationals. sure it, it yeah. was like something like, it's like Brexit it's about 51% mm-hmm. I think in yeah, favour exactly. of the move it was yeah. it, it just sliced fans down mm-hmm. the middle didn't it Yeah. and with this everybody's behind it and I think the, these uh Design releases, it's so much more than images, isn't it? So much more than concepts. I mean, everything right down to even like the fan walk yeah. down to the ground and yeah. transport is already being thought about, being planned. So it's so important that people get engaged yeah. with the process. What, yeah. what, what I would say as well is that our, the powers of being at our club have, have come under criticism for many things over the years. And, and, and Bill Kenley probably especially is, is you know one of those names you, who quite often comes for under criticism. But... The way the club have operated and gone about the business to, with this ground, it's been a long process already, hasn't it? We've still got potentially another four years to go. But how they've conducted themselves, they've done everything right. They've got the fans involved, they've got the people of the city involved, they've got to Parliament. They, they're, you know, they're doing whatever they can to make sure that this is right. They understand the importance. You know, We know Goodison can't go on forever. And it's a shame, obviously, that the cards, it's a shame that we can't redevelop Goodison. Um, but the club have got to be applauded, I think, for what they've what they've done and how they've gone about it, and they've got the right man on board in, in Dan Rice. Yeah. Let's let's make no mistake. The man the man's got eighteen seventy eight tattooed on his wrist. Yeah. You know, it says it all. You've got the right man doing the business, and I I just can't wait for the thing to start to to be getting built. Or should I say, the hundred million pounds spent on filling the docking. Yeah. This is the first yeah. job. Yeah. Well, look, it's four years away. I'm already thinking about where I want to sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can go round, can't you? On the app, you can go round. Have a look, you know, and it sounds that, but have a look, you know, know. that's what it's all there for. Go on to, on the virtual reality thing within the uh, the People Project Roadshow. Get involved with it, and yeah, they're the type type of things, aren't they? That you do look at. You know, where will I sit when we move? Uh, this. It's just, it's just a great it's a great design and I think you know there is many many questions that obviously still need to be asked and still need to be answered I think one of the, the major concerns that we've uh, well I've seen is is ticket prices you know you you see people like the SQ said he, he thinks it's got to be 60,000 to get to make sure ticket prices stay down mm-hmm. if we're going for 52,000 then ticket prices are going to have to increase obviously to get a return on the on the investments Um that is a concern, I'd say. Do, do you think that's right? Because when you look at other football clubs, they don't generate a massive amount of revenue from ticket sales. You think about not, the, not the profit of the club. Not, not anymore. It, doesn't, it used to be the major source of revenue are one-off. Now, obviously, TV money and the TV deal takes all the bulk of that. But I think what he's trying to say is that, you know, we probably do have the capacity. We probably still would fill 60,000, wouldn't we? Do you know what I mean? So why not do it? like that now rather than like increasing to it in the future because in terms of the Premier League sides you know Everton have always been um, sort of in touch with the fans around things like ticket prices particularly season ticket prices how you know season after season it's it's sort of frozen isn't it um, yeah, because of what you just said because they, you know they don't really necessarily have to increase it because obviously they, they get a bulk of money now from, from TV but also the, yeah. you know Everton have always been really big on fan engagement and the community yeah. and they're just very good at that we, they are very we'd good be at stepping that. away I think from who we are as a club if we went down the route of you know, grossly increasing ticket mm-hmm. prices I'm sure they'll have different packages and options and they'll have fantastic um, you know hospitality and uh, sort of grades of hospitality packages that I'm sure bring in a lot of revenue Will do, and it needs to because Parkinson mentioned that as well. You know, Joe Parkinson was there. You know, he spoke really well yesterday as well. And he said, you know, one of the things he raised was that um, he does a lot of the, you know, had been doing a lot of the corporate stuff. You know, going down as an ex-player and talking to fans and things like that. He said, you know, one of the feedbacks from that all the time was that it was always full, and they could, you know, they could always get more people into the corporates. And I think that's an important side of football now, whether you like it or not. You know, what I mean, we do have to, have, you know, the capacity for. I'm not saying it has to be all round. Corporate well, it's, boxes it's, and it's that, on, but it's, it's on, certainly it's has to be a big chunk of it. Both sides of the, of the two big standards, isn't it? Right yeah. across, so it's, it massively, obviously, will will totally dwarf what we've got yeah. at Goodison Park, and it's got to. You mean um, attract companies, right, outside of Liverpool? So you know, you know, essentially now we have the corporates that we have there now tend to be Liverpool-based or Northwest-based businesses. We want businesses from London now, from Manchester, even like yeah. essentially global businesses. You now, you know what? You know what I mean? Do you it, mean that's what you want? Is a a sort of hardcore fan. 
I can accept that's part of the game, but fill that blue wave, get that blue wave yeah, filled that will definitely happen. with yeah. you know economical, fair, fixed yeah. price tickets, so your local blue can get down the game and get a ticket. You know, we're we're no we're no experts on finances, and we don't pretend to be. We're, we're we're fans like like everyone else, you know. So when people like like the S do speak up, I, I tend to pay a little bit of notice because he's he knows about these things. So I, I do trust what he's saying, but I also trust the club, like you said, Pete. You know, the club. When it comes to the fans and, and engaging, and you know, we we have got this this banner of the People's Club, you know, since since Moises' day when he when he first came in, and we we stuck with that, and even very much now when we when we launched the, the design of the ground, very much we are the People's Club. Look at what we're doing with Goodison Park. No other club, I don't care what anyone says, no other club in this country would do what we're doing with our old ground, because it looks absolutely phenomenal, and mm. that's being overlooked a little bit. And, and we try to push it on social media in terms of the plans for Goodison and the legacy that the club want to leave behind. That is just as important as us moving to an iconic new stadium on the on the waterfront, because we've got to make sure that the community that we once served, we continue to serve. Because there's businesses around there. Obviously, you've got skills in education. There's a community that we're going to leave behind. But what the club are trying to do with obviously there's going to be mental, obviously mental health sensors. Um, the the free school will be there. You're going to have a, a affordable housing, assisted living, mm. leisuring, and uh, retail facilities. It, it's second to none. And the club, and there's something else which the club are getting right and are leaving it uh, behind the right legacy and yeah. a legacy that, that's which superb. is befitting of the people's yeah. club. That's it, but I mean, uh, you know, it got mentioned last night. Um, what Denise mentioned, didn't she, about the centre circle? They're going to leave. I don't know if you've read that, Pete. They're going to leave the centre circle at Goodison and leave it as a yeah. kids' park. So it's, it's so then, it said uh, so. So Evertonians can still play on Goodison Park. It was a line to use. It's a superb they, line that. Yeah, I just it hit the back of your throat. Yeah, yeah. You know, basically, parents, grandparents can take you know their kids, grandkids to there and say, look, you know, we've all come here now. You can still Again, come here. How it's refreshing fantastic. is that in modern football? Fantastic. I mean, yeah, fantastic. I've, I've got friends in London that live opposite the old Highbury Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Arsenal do with that? It's flat, yeah. isn't it? Flat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, they kept the face of the old main stand, didn't they? Yeah, but then they effectively, it's just flats. That's yeah. all that it is. Yeah. West Ham, Upton Park, yeah. it's flats. Yeah. You know, other clubs don't do what we're, what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And people can, can mock us and, and mock our club and this, that and the other. Listen, one thing we get right is our, our work with the community and there's no better legacy than, than that and what the club has decided to do for me. Yeah, and that, that is just, as I said, that's just, just as important. important. It is, it is. But, you no, know, go, go, going back to, to Bramley Moore, we've had, a, had a, a little bit of fun yesterday in regards to naming rights and it says, we've had a little think about this and, you know, another important thing, isn't it? Because you don't want to have have a, a terribly named stadium, do you? Yeah. You know, if, you know, we can think of numerous stadiums. Was it, was it York had the Kit Kat <laughs> Stadium at one point? Oh, God. Um, so there's, there's some really, really bad sponsors sponsorship deals around there. That's going to form part of the funding for the stadium, yeah. is, is why I understand. Well, it's going to be privately funded, the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, so it's, it, it looks like it's not going to go by the council. Yeah. From what Mashiri's been saying, which um, will please all the heads, you thought that the council were paying for our stadium, yeah, of course. Yeah, but if you bothered to read what it, what it actually meant, they would yeah. understand that wasn't the case. No, the council is going to make a profit of seven million a year, but yeah, let's not go there. But, um, what the possibles, Joe? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm council my council tax. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, going back to that, I think you know, massive credit has to be given to Mashiri as well. I know he's coming for a little bit of stick in some quarters, and that you know, what's he actually saying? No, he's cleared the debts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's actually put money into the club. He's obviously buying more and more stakes as we go along. He's having more of an involvement. Yeah, you know, this is this is a long term project, isn't it? He's not in this for two or three, four or five well, that's years. It. We no longer look flaky, do yeah, we? Exactly. We've got real stability and integrity Correct. throughout the club, you know, financially, structurally. Correct. And I think Mashiri should get a lot of credit. I mean he's come out and said it will likely be private funds. They'll they'll reckon they'll raise three fifty million through private funds, a little bit through equity. And then obviously um, through naming rights as well. But he's already said, I will put whatever it takes to put in it as well. Yeah. I mean, that's so refreshing to see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, for years we've been waiting for like a chairman to come along, you know, with a bit of money, but also maybe the same sort of passion as Bill. And maybe, you know, obviously he gets criticised quite a bit, but, you know, generally I think he's a decent guy. But, yeah, I think he deserves massive credit, Mashiri, as well, for getting us to this stage. And, you know, if they can build it in, in four years, you know, roughly to budget, 
So that's the other thing you mentioned, which is important last night. You know, a lot of these things tend to go miles over budget, like Spurs. You know, anything, the amount it goes over budget means that we can't invest it in the team. And it's really important, isn't it, that we build not only a fantastic stadium, but also we try and stick to, obviously, you know, roughly the budget but as that, well. Like you said, that's what, that's what Dan might said. He said, you know, it's important to understand that the, the owner, uh, the chairman, they haven't got a, there's no blank checkbook there to say, right, spend whatever you want on a stadium. There has to be a figure yeah. that we work around. There's got to be a budget. There's got to be, yeah. you know, and it's we like any build, isn't it? There is, there is, <coughs> yeah. But he said that that's, you know, this is this is what it's what people need to understand. We can't just go add this on, add that on, make it make it this long. We they've made it compact one because they want to they want to have a bit of goodness and about it anyway. So we're we're on top of the uh, on top of the pitch, as we said before, making a bit of a lion's den or a bear pit. But also, if you do it that way. And have obviously those steep sides as well. You're using less space, which is vitally important, not only for creating that purpose atmosphere. The, the the acoustics are going to be fantastic because of that, by the way. But also, it saves on cost. So we, we, we can't just be spending silly money like like the uh, like like Dan Dan said yesterday. If if we're spending say another fifty or hundred million pound on the stadium over budget, that's fifty or hundred million pound that could be spent on a striker. That's the important thing that we need to understand, isn't it? Well, Everton fans have been incredibly patient, haven't they, over the years? But I think we're going to have to be even more patient because stuff's going to go wrong, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's going to there's going to be delays. Any project like this is going to be highly unlikely to be finished within the time scale suggested. You know, we've got to take it with a a healthy pinch of salt. I think, I think it's important, though. You know, like like with Tottenham, where. I mean, theirs was. Well, we're billion in the end, wasn't it? Well, not, not so much from the money aspect. I mean, from a time, a time. Yeah, it took an extra year, didn't it? Yeah, well, they they shut down obviously White Hart Lane. They knocked a bit of it down. He started building around, didn't he? Yeah. And then they knocked it totally down and wanted it done within twelve months. That was never going to happen. The size of their stadium, the complexity of the build, that was never going to happen. So I think it's really important that we're we're as honest as we can be as a club, which I fully expect us to be, and. Just say okay, this is where we're up to. Don't, don't even don't even put a definitive date on it for me. Just say okay, we've got planned permission. We're going to start the build on this day. It takes as long as it takes. We've got a ground at the moment. Mm. The ground will last three, four, five, six years. Worst case scenario. Just let's get it right. That's mm. the important. There's so much we can do. The you know if you look at where where the stadium is and what we can do. Might sound that me, me and Lee discussed briefly yesterday about having water taxis and it sounds really good really daft know, but yeah. why not yeah, why not yeah, from, yeah. From, from I mean, players rocking up in like a Riva yacht or something like that yeah, yeah, but, with machinery at the front <laughs> <laughs> but you know we said though for like, like got, got, yeah, got yeah Wales, a lot of, lot of Welsh contingent come over don't they yeah. you can easily get put on boats there yeah. just pull it right outside can you? or even down like Liverpool coastline the Merseyside coastline yeah. why, why not what, from Otterspool yeah me and Pete will come down on a paddleboard <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but as funny as it is it could be done yeah. Where, 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 where would you get the chance to do that? Yeah, you know, water yeah. taxis on a match day. Never mind the soccer bus. It's a soccer boat, isn't it? When they, do, yeah, when they do that, you know, the, the, the like, um, review over the top, but like they always pan out, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that just people arriving just off the water. Uh, and like you that. know, it's, it's, and it sounds stupid. Yeah, but people from the world coming over as well. Yeah, you? just come right over. Hey, uh, we don't want none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to any uh, any listeners in the middle there. <laughs> yeah. But but no, it's, it's something. It, it sounds a bit a bit crazy, and you think, oh yeah, that sounds a little bit again cheesy. I think it's a great opportunity. I really do. I know the players are arriving on a big super yacht from. Yeah. They go from Everton HQ to the ladder buildings, pre-match yeah. meal, get onto the the super yacht. Yeah. Scoot down, Machine is the captain, yeah. everyone off. Yeah, I'll have all that. So those aqua Eva's you want, the Maldini style, like Gomez at the front with his pair of Ray Bands on, just pulling, <laughs> in, just pulling in with his boat shoes on and something like that, and he's carrying his boots in one hand. Joey, that's what you want. Oh, no, but right. I, no, we're getting carried, but genuinely, Dan's come across like he just comes across as such a great guy. I think he has to be commended for doing a fantastic job. It's not very odd. <laughs> Very often you get a lot of Evertonians agreeing on something. I mean, you have to see Twitter today after some of the games. But I mean, look, I mean he's done an amazing job there and should be commended for it, and rightly so. You've got to put it in perspective, don't you? It's life changing. It, it's literally life changing. Generations, isn't it? Gen- you know, it's 130 years. Mm-hmm. You know that stadium. It's a Victorian stadium that's still standing. You know, one of the most iconic stadiums, not just in this country but in the world isn't it and, and that's not an exaggeration is it that's what it is it's, it's, it's one of the best stadiums there's been and it's and survived the test of time but you know this is now moving on now to the next hopefully 
you know, hundred years, things like that, you know. And he's yeah, done yeah. a great job. If he, if we can build it like that, it'll be fantastic. But you kind of looked at, as you see, you kind of looked at the importance of of this stadium move, can you? As you see, what we've been through pre, uh, previously with Kingsdock and obviously we've had um, Buddy Kirby, then there was Walton Law Park, wasn't it? Oh. Then there was essentially going up to up to Croxteth, you know, and, and that they would never be fitting of the club. The, the club is a club of faces, as we've said many times in the past, and we're going to be the same again. Aren't we? We're going to have a have a, a, a arena on the waterfront. You can, you know, the likes of Clayman Cottage doesn't count. It's on the on the, the River Thames, which is tiny in terms of crossing that river at that particular point. This is going to be one of the. This is going to be for me the best ground that this country has ever seen. Has ever seen, and that's that's because it's going to be a purpose built football stadium. Not only yet athletics, not yeah. like that. It's football, and and the fact that it's ours, yeah, it's going to be ours. The acoustics will be a big thing. He's talked about that. The steam yeah. side stadium. I really like the the blue wave analogy. Um, you know, look at obviously this probably the most famous example that is like the yellow wall of Dortmund isn't it and mm. that steep sided mm. straight up hopefully we can get the rail seating put in as well would be even better because yeah. that will increase the atmosphere again won't it? it's on the plans isn't it yeah, yeah I think the plans. Premier League by then will probably agree to that I think that that's iconic isn't it you know Blue Wave Blue Army whatever you want to call it I think it's just that that alone will be absolutely amazing Look, it, Evertonians have a, have a reputation for being football people yeah. proper football fans you know this is exactly the type of stadium that we, we need close to the pitch Steep sides, great acoustics, yeah. intimidating. Yeah. This is, I think, everything that every Evertonian wanted. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. One thing Michael Ball did mention, actually, which you probably wouldn't know or recognise, unless you played it, Goodison. Um, which we all have. Which we all have, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah we all have. Regular basis. Yeah, yeah. but um, no, when you, when you actually come out, the players are used to just running left straight to the Gladys. And on this one here, the actual equivalent of the, mm. the blue wave, you want to call it that, you're actually to the right. Yeah. And uh, he, was, he was making a point about that, and that's actually something small, but again, it might be something quite significant for some people, that isn't it? It's what your top, Tottenham's is the same, isn't it? Yeah. Top, Tottenham's was was uh, they have to they turn right to their big right. uh, single tiered stand as well. So maybe right. it's a whether it's something to do with designs nowadays. I yeah. don't know. Maybe it's something that could be turned around. It's potentially yeah. something yeah. which is worth asking. But can't you see the city from the other stand there? The from, the, the from, from the equivalent of the yeah. park end, effectively, yeah. yeah. So the the end which which goes towards sort of Walton Bootle Way, yeah. you, you you look through and you'll see the city, yeah. So yeah. you'll see like obviously, yeah, the the library and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. So yeah. it's it, it's just a great nice design. Thing. But I'm I'm going to be uh, directly getting in touch with Apple to try and get their sponsorship <laughs> for the stadium. You've got some contacts there, haven't you? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I certainly have. You know, but I think the brand the Apple Stadium has got a fantastic mm. ring to it. I think having having the apple symbol on the side of the stadium, I think it, you know, when it's stainless steel, I think that's absolutely fantastic. They're a, they're a bit of a small small outfit, though, aren't they? Like, well, yeah, maybe not maybe not as uh, as big as, as we'd like, you know. But uh, you know, let let us why know your thoughts on naming rights. You know, why, why not McDonald's? Someone mentioned someone mentioned, yesterday. Someone mentioned what was it? Brownley more than. Probably more than yeah, more than. more than another good one. I, I, I have people. Peter's like that one. Peter's you know, like that. You know what? I don't mind. <laughs> At the risk of being slightly negative, I don't mind if, if it involves a pun. I'd probably yeah. find it quite funny. I just hope it's not a, a better yeah. company or an alcohol company. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I, I, USM Bramley Moore or something like that would be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah I think that's, it's in a lot of people's thinking. USM, and, and understandably so. The obviously. What's the Palm? What's the Palmer Ham Company called again? Oh, uh, Fratelli Baghetti or something. <laughs> Fratelli Ferretti Stadium. That's got a crack, I think. Yeah. We, we, we so, Nessendorma, as you came out as well, because. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we put it out uh, last, last night about the uh, the, the Apple Stadium, we put out a bit of a mock up image of how it might look with the Apple sign on the side. And we had, it. We had a few few people come in with uh, newspaper headlines, record turnover in the Apple Stadium was one mm. Liverpool crumble in the Apple Stadium <laughs> <laughs> that was, Pete. sounds like one of Pete's that was from uh, from Neil Tyler there um, so people were, were definitely getting on board with the with the Apple Apple theme and I just think that it that it you know it's something which yeah you know probably it's whoever pays the most money of day. course it is and, and but, but I also think it's got to be yeah you don't want it to be like Kit Kat or something stupid I don't think it will really I think it's got to be something classy hasn't it it got maybe a bit maybe the the uh, the Moe Shandon Arena. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but that, that, that's food for thought, isn't yeah. it? It's a nice problem to have, isn't it? It is, yeah. and, and, I'm, and to be honest with you, because of where the stadium is, because of it being brand new, with it being iconic, there'll be plenty, plenty of suitors who want to get involved with that conversation. So as you said, Peter, nice problem to have, something to look forward to. We can't wait for, for things to progress even further, but as we said, we can't stress enough, get involved with the people's project, you know, let your views be heard, and let, let's let's make sure that we make this stadium, you know, how we want it to be, and and for the fans. Yeah, we're going to speak one, aren't we? Speak on the fourth of August. You yeah. can beat you around. I'll be there. Yeah. So we're all going to be going down. Fourth of August. That's next Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Week so, on Sunday. Yeah. Well, as I, as we said, eh, we we put out where where they're going to be over the next next couple of weeks, and uh, as I say, make sure summer holidays, kids are off, get involved and and, and take a look at all the all the plans in more detail, but. And then we we'll sort of park Ramy more there because we could talk we could talk all day couldn't we about about the plans and about the the future of the club and you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, we need more than probably 40, 45 minutes but let let's just move forward now move on to since we last spoke uh, on, on our transfer special where we've where things have moved on onto in terms of transfers and pre season uh, there's been it's been busy in terms of rumours I'd say. But quiet in terms of actual movements. I think it's clear, as we briefly discussed on the last pod, he has got a big job trying to get people out. It's all well and good saying, yeah, just get rid of them. Then I mean, there's a lot of players on big money in some cases trying to get them out, trying to get suitors, trying to get the right deal. I mean, he's coming for a bit of stick, isn't he? How much we sold Luckman for uh, recently, and to some extent Blasic. You know, it's not an easy job. I mean, you know, Luckman went for what this what was it in the end? Twenty, twenty-two million, twenty plus add-ons. I think we have got you know some sort of clause in there as well, but you know the leverage in that sort of deal is so difficult when there's only one club involved. The boy clearly wants to go, and he wants to go there. You know, it, you know if there was four or five clubs involved, you can you know you probably would get thirty million north of, north of that easily. But I just think in this case, you know, we need to get these out the door. The, the lad clearly didn't want to be there. And look, he's a clear talent, but he's had three years, hasn't he? He's Think had you, three years to show what he can do, and he's not showing it enough for me. You're spot on, Lee, and I've, I've been quite surprised, really, from some sections of the media that have said, you know, why have Everton let Luckman go, and Everton will regret it, and he's got so much promise and potential. Yeah, of course he has, but you can't coach a player that doesn't want to be at the club. Yeah, he's got clear talent. I mean, there's, there's snippets where he's come on for half an hour, and you think, wow, why is he not starting every week? Then he starts the following week and does nothing for 60 minutes and comes off. So, you know, he's had the opportunity and Silva has backed him. He's tried to obviously put an arm around him. And, you know, it's a shame because, you know, he could go on to be a serious, serious talent. But he could also go on to be a major flop as well. You just don't know. And, and you know, he, he looked extremely happy when he was signing for Red Bull the other day in, in, in sort of the presser there. And, like that. and look, good luck to him. You know, I hope, he, I hope he has a great career. It's just one of those where we can get decent money for him, 20-odd million. Essentially, if you look at it, like, we got Gomez for the same. And you know, if you look at Gomez, I mean, yeah. you know what he adds to the team, and hopefully what will add to the team this year is miles apart, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I've seen loads of people I mean, with Luckman. There's there's a massive split, isn't there, with Everton fans, and there has been, and we we've all said, you know, that the, the kid's got got great talent, and and in fits and starts he's shown it, and sometimes he, he's changed the game when he's come on, but sometimes players aren't a good fit. He's not a good fit because he didn't want to be there. After the first sort of twelve months, he didn't want to be there. He found it difficult to adjust. The young lad moving up from London. We've said it before. I don't want to keep on repeating, repeating ourselves, but that's why he didn't fit into the club. He didn't embrace the club, and it didn't work out. So Silver was a big fan of his. He really was. He wanted it to work out. And if the manager who wants him there, unlike say someone like Allardyce who wouldn't play him, or you know, a you Cumin know, type, Silver wants him there. You know, arm round the shoulder job. But he said, listen, you've got to show me in training to be getting in the match day squad. Some weeks he'll look great in training, other weeks he wouldn't. That's no good. You've got to you've got to equip yourself correctly at all times as a professional footballer and show that you want to be there and show that you're deserving to be in that squad. He didn't do, for whatever reason. So you sell them. It's, just, it's as simple as that, really, isn't it? It's a shame. But there we go, he's out the door. But I think mm. the, the important thing now, sort of going forward, is... This week especially, uh, there's about you know not many, not not long to go now in the transfer window. I've still got total faith in what the minds yet and what Marcel Brands are trying to do. We've been linked with numerous names, haven't we? Up up top, whether it be central striker, whether it be either side of a central striker, 
Um, there's still big links to Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I know Dortmund have, have appeared on the scene and Arsenal's a little link with there as, with them as well. Um, the Zahar one's interesting for me. Zahar's the one that won't go away. No, it's, and it's in every every single paper, isn't it? And Arsenal have today agreed a fee for Pepe for, Pepe. for the same sort of money. I, I genuinely think, and I know we've had a brief chat about this off air. I just think, why are we spending that much money on this lad? I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, he causes teams problems, he, he, he's obviously got a lot of ability with the ball at his feet, he attracts players to him, things like that. But if you look at his stats over the years, they don't blow you away. You know, he had his best season last season, got double figures goals-wise. Yeah, and he runs into trouble a lot. Yeah, he does. He tries he, to do too much it, on his own. In a team like Palace, you know, who are under Hodgson, quite defensively sound, and they rely on flair, a little bit of flair like that going forward. He's probably well suited because yeah. he, you know, and they're happy for him to get up the pitch and lose correct. a ball and win a foul, win fouls, win pens. Uh, there's no point in win pens for us, by the way. We can't score any. <laughs> we can now. We yeah. got the, yeah. we got pickers on the pens now going forward. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. But I mean, obviously, they had the, the Milivojevic or something. You can't miss a pen. I think apart from against us, actually, I think Pickford saved it, didn't it? But anyway, regardless, I just think what we're spending on him for what we reportedly could get uh, Malcolm for. And uh, what's the correct pronunciation? Moise Ken. Moise Ken, apparently, yeah. yeah. Moise yeah. Ken. For what we could get them two for, who are obviously younger, you know, potentially could, you know, like Richarlison, could you potentially double your value if they have a couple of good seasons? I just think, why are we throwing so much money at that? And he's right, a right footed winger. Well, the, the Telegraph were reporting, I think, was it uh, 60 million, whether that's like staggered payments plus uh, Tosin, who Palace have tried to sign previously. So whether this would link in with you original point about Everton getting players off the books because we've got at least three players that Palace have had a look at haven't we uh, namely McCarthy Nias and Tosin mm. so if we could do some kind of deal that would involve one or more players going the other way you could see it maybe having legs yeah, okay. that aside let's just think about where he'd fit in the team because he's caused most of his trouble coming off the left and he, he you know, Silva's made it clear he wants a left-footed for balance, a left-footed like right winger coming in off that side. But he's also played centrally, hasn't he, for Palace? He has done in parts as well, but I think that's because of their problems with strikers, strikers, haven't they? But I think, you know, Bernard, you know, I know he splits with some people, but he's obviously a real talent, and he he brings something to the side. Now, arguably, yes, he probably should get more and more assists, more goals. Hopefully, we'll see that from him this season, as we discussed that on the last pod. And obviously, competition for places again is an important thing. But I just think. It doesn't seem to make sense for me. This both in terms of where he's at in his career, the money they're asking for, he's right footed, his, his his goals and assists return isn't exactly amazing. I think again you're just paying a super premium for a Premier League player. You know, that's for me, is not is not a top six player. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree with you, Lee, to be honest with you. I am not a big Zaha fan. I think he another one, full of ability. I get it. You know, he's he's placing a poor palace side, he stands out would have won him on Everton no no and people can probably think I'm I'm talking stupid but if you're telling me mm. in a modern market he's worth 70 million quid I'm worth 60 million quid <laughs> that's what I'm saying left footed though I'm left footed I don't think I can do a job I'm on pens left footed on pens don't miss but he just imagine imagine it imagine I know, it he, I, know. I, know, I know at times he's um, he's for want of a better, better word picked on yeah um, he's definitely he's targeted in certain games. He goes down like a uh, he, he's terrible. He, he's it. terrible, and, and I hate I hate he's one of those dull players, isn't he? But that won't go down well at Goodison Park. No, no. always no. Um, What's the name? If we get him, Malcolm, this Moise Ken, and we get the whole caboodle, then you kind of think, well, at least. We're, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that's a weirdly. Who's this caboodle? <laughs> <he play for? laughs> <laughs> he's in play for. He's a sensible striker. <laughs> caboodle up top. <laughs> But genuinely, though, if we get all those, which I don't think we're going to, by the way, no, because obviously not. you're looking north of 130 million for yeah, all those. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking at the, the figures that are being quoted. then And by the way, we need to sign a centre half and potentially another right back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at they're going to have to be loan deals then by the looks. And it's easy gauge replacement. And But yeah, so I, I just think but it, it won't go away. And, and that's what worries me. It's been reported by a lot of journalists and. Arsenal, obviously, a lot of people were saying that it's being used as leverage. Now they've agreed this deal with Pepe, who looks the right player, by the way. Mm. And he's a left-footed winger that scores goals. Got 22 goals, 11 assists last season. You know, 
if we if he was coming, we'd be far more excited, wouldn't we? Mm. That tells you what you what you need to know. I wonder whether Pepe will go to Arsenal. I have I have heard on the on the grapevine Liverpool are in for Pepe as well. So don't be surprised yeah. if he's got a choice. One's got Champions League football, one hasn't. And Napoli have had a few. Where, where's he going to play yeah. for them then? Yeah, he'll play. He'll play. Make no mistake. He, he, he'll, go there, he'll go there over Arsenal and then Zaha then touching of Arsenal. So that's how it's going to go. Here's my, my big question for you both then around Wilfred Zaha. Has he peaked? And if he signed for Everton, would he improve? Would he improve any further than the season he's just, ha- just had at Crystal Palace? Arguably his, his that, best that, season that, in the Premier League question, so far. That's a good question. And Silva, who has improved several players in the short time he's been there, you'd have to think would he improve him any more than what he is now it's not even yeah. about really for me him improving he's, he will have better players around or whatever and then he's got a Crystal Palace let, let's let's be honest but can you see him closing people down and working at extra well, yard I can't see him doing funnily that funnily enough I had an interview this morning with, with John Salako former Crystal Palace and they were talking about Wilfred Zaha and he said he's worked with them he's coached them before and obviously mm-hmm. was links at Crystal Palace and so on and he said, if you're going to have Wilfred Zaha, effectively you've got to just say to him, do what you want. Yeah. He said, he's not going to sack back, he's not yeah. going to play that. He's going to sit out wide for a counter. Yeah, he's not going to play like a number 11 or say number 7 if you're on either side where he's going to sack back, he's going to cover the uh, the wing back going forward. That's not how, how he plays. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's, the best way for him is he's a luxury player. Yeah. And can Everton afford a luxury player currently on that side? No, not the way Silver plays. Silver no, likes to play, in. attack together, attack, defend exactly. together, you know, press together, that sort of thing. And he, he doesn't fit I, I can't the see him. Like, I don't know the guy, but he strikes me as a guy that's got a bit of an ego as well. And do you want that in the dressing room? Do you know what I mean? He strikes me as that type of guy, and that's 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 a worry for me as well because it seems like quite a tight knit dresser, doesn't it? Um, and you don't want too many big egos in there, do you? Really, you want players that want to come in and graft as well as obviously have a bit of ability as well. If but. people think though, by the way, that this is a, a sort of Marcel Brands signing, it's not, is it? it? It doesn't. The figure being quoted, he's got no sell-on value. If you're buying someone for 70 million, so just take the players not, yeah, yeah. out of the equation, like McCarthy and Tottenham and what have you. If you're paying 70 million pounds for someone who's 26, 27, mm-hmm. he won't have much of any sell-on value. Yeah by the time he's finished his contract with the club for me so it doesn't particularly fit our model he's not going to come get it out of your heads we're not getting up as a ha that's my final word on him because I, I, just, I just think it's it's just a it's, it's, it's a smoke screen for another team Evan. you can cut and paste that mate when he signs yeah you can yeah but, but I, I do think that, don't be wrong I do think we probably inquired but we've inquired about loads of players haven't we you I just know. don't know why we, like the Malcolm thing whether, whether Barca are holding you know, on for a higher fee maybe that'll go to the wire I don't know but it appears to me that they want to get rid of him they want to get money in it looks like Coutinho might be going as well they want to try and bring Neymar back by the looks of it don't they he meant so, to be former pass that deal isn't he Coutinho goes yeah, up here potentially so but they're also, you know, Malcolm's not really played for him it's not worked out for him he was fantastic at Bordeaux and we obviously talked about him at length uh, in, in the last pod with, with, with Andy from you know, El, El Pavosse there but I think I just think he's exactly what we're looking for. Just go and get the deal done. Just go out there, send Brands out there like we did last year when he went in to get me and he brought Gomez with him. Just send him out there and basically just, just get it in. Just get the deal done. I just think, you know, he's, he's obviously a player that we, you know, that fits, ticks all the boxes. And, you know, he's the player that Silver wants. Um, and I know, obviously, with the results and the way we've been playing so far in pre-season, look, I don't really, really look into pre-season too much. I know you guys are pretty similar, you know, we lost 3-0 to bloody Blackburn last year, for God's sake. Heads were rolling off then. And then we turned up against Wolves and you know should have beaten comfortably, shouldn't we? So that doesn't concern me too much. But what does concern me is that I think we just need to get these deals done, ideally, before we go into the last week of the window. Because, I, you know, before you know it, those things that you think you've got it done, then it doesn't happen. And then you're looking at numbers, you know, four, five, six on the list, aren't you? It's gonna, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, a busy, busy time for for the club with both. We've said it before. We to say, like we're repeating ourselves, but we're at the stage now where things have got to really get moving, and it's gonna be a lot about going still. Uh, I expect probably another five or six out of the door. To be honest with you, one of those who's definitely gonna go is a Zisa Gay. It's yeah. we're just waiting for that official pitching hour with the PSG shirts, aren't we? Being held up. There's rumours he's having a medical Sunday Monday. Yeah, it's gonna. We it, want to bring someone in, first. So, so do you so said, but the, the three names uh, that we've been linked with, Pete, Pete, Pete's going to read them out in his in his best uh, French. 
slash German accents, Pete? Well, I believe number one on the shortlist is Jean-Pierre Gbamin from Mainz. Uh, and then secondly, we've got Adrian Tamezi uh, from Nice. <laughs> Alejandro Toussaint from Lyon. That listen to Joey Barton speaking French. Or <laughs> it's, like, it's like remember the uh, Italian football show on um, on a Sunday on Channel Four. Oh, it's, like, it's like being like yeah. being there uh, listening to that. Peter's uh, bit of pronunciations. But look, yeah. so they so they say Andy, which, which which we've heard. Um, San Guy. It, it looks like Gabamin seems to be the one that's got the most traction, doesn't it? Thirty-five uh, million to the rumored fee. Yeah, and he, you know, if you listen to what people have said about him, he seems to tick the boxes again for what Silver's looking for. Not not just a destroyer, but someone that can pass, can play centre half as well, can play centre half, apparently right back as well. Apparently, so you know, if he if he if he genuinely can play in those positions, you can see why the links are strong there. Um, it's supposed to be you know quite a physical presence as well. I think he wants to move away. It's, you know, if we had this discussion before about Garner. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic player for his. You know, you won't find an Everton fan will probably have a bad word to say about him. But in some matches, particularly against weaker teams, he has inhibited us, doesn't he? I think Silva wants that sort of player to, to play to be a bit more progressive, I think. And almost, I think, we've said it before, play 4-3-3. I think he wants to play three in the middle there, doesn't that, he? That, that's what he, we will move to, I think, yeah. when we get that bit. So you need a midfielder to be a bit more progressive in that role, don't you? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He wants that number, classic number six, really, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know. Hopefully, if he does go, he goes with our best wishes. Obviously, uh, I think anyone would say that. And you know, if we can replace him as soon as possible, if it is with that Gabamim or one of the other guys, or even that Sangare we talked about. Three very young players on the shortlist: so Gabamim's twenty-three, yeah. Tamezi twenty-five, and Tusart's twenty-two. Yeah. So they're all young kids, aren't they? Really? So they all fit the profile. Yeah, exactly. And they're all a similar type of type player, aren't they? I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, taking sort of uh, a steer from from Andy El Pivote because uh, he obviously does a lot of work in his yeah, field. He does a lot. No, he does. He does. And he was saying the best fit is Gabamin out of those out of those three. To be honest with you, so I, I trust his word on that. He, as I say, he spends a lot of time doing his, his scouting reports and so on. Uh, but one thing's for sure that he that is one position where once it's when it's it's just a gate confirmed that he's gone. Or whether we get the replacements in first, it's it's sort of money wise, it would be pretty much like for like. Yeah, I think, and yeah. the money that comes in will be we'll probably break even on it. I think so. Yeah. I think maybe make it maybe a couple of million pound profit, but that that's what will happen. Um, another another part of the, the pitch which we, we did speak about a couple of weeks ago, which is causing a bit of concern in terms of cover, is centre half, isn't it? And the the Zuma rumours now have died down because of what was said in terms of you know he's he's happy to Chelsea player. Uh, me, I love him. I've stood in the back of my head that on transfer deadline day he's going to get a helicopter from London to Finch Farm, drop down a ladder, and then jump, <laughs> jump, in, jump into Finch Farm and, and sign that contract. That's in my head. In my dreams, maybe. But the point is, if we're not going to get Kurt Zuma, there's got to be another centre half. And there will, the there will be names on the Of course, but of I, course. I, I'm like you, I do think this might go fairly close. I think you've got to put yourself in Zuma's position here. Chelsea over the years, let's be honest, have taken the mick out of him and they've loaned him out all different places. He's never, he's arguably always been one of their better centre halves as well, hasn't he? So for me, he's got to be thinking, I need to play in those Euros next year. And, you know, he missed out on a World Cup place for France, you know, missing out on a World Cup medal there, potentially being part of that squad. And he, he's pretty much guaranteed if he did sign for us, he'll pretty much play, won't he? And him and Keane. As we said again before, they complement each other. Zuma's pace will cover will cover him behind. Mm. I think if you play Mina and Keane, you've got two almost identical players. Lack of pace, I think we'll just get caught out. Mm. Uh, I know. Look again, pre-season doesn't really tell you anything. We've played all kinds of players, a lot of youngsters as well. But um, you know, a little nod as, as well to Gibson there as well. He, he looks a talent, doesn't he? The left-footed lad that we signed from Newcastle. Didn't yeah, we? Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he's yeah. He, he, out of it, good, isn't he? a pretty poor pre-season in terms of results so far like we said earlier we don't tend to look at the results it's more about getting the players to a level of fitness yeah. they do look for me they do look pretty fit to be honest with you um, fitter than previous years I think Lewis Gibson has done particularly well he's had a good look at Gibson and a good look at Holgate Holgate's done himself no favours especially after the the, the tournament in the today. give away yeah. a penalty obviously yeah uh, as well so he hasn't looked particularly great Holgate so there's talk of him Everton want a permanent day for him out of the club no loans if, you, if West Brom want him you're going to have to buy him effectively but I think he likes Gibson 
Mm. Uh, he's coming with a big reputation from Newcastle as well, but he, he looks the part. But we still that leave us the still three. Young, isn't he? He's still young. Young. Yeah, we need a need a fourth. Has he got pace? So? Has he got? A bit, but he can you? You can't. You haven't been able to tell so far. Really, yeah, it's it's hard to tell. He, he looks he, he looks like he can recover. He, he mm. does, you know. Um, he's got he's a natural left footer, isn't he? So I mean. That gives natural balance if you play in a left footed centre back and a right yeah, footed. He gave away a penalty against Monaco, didn't he? Yeah. Gibson. That was more Schneider's so, fault, that though, wasn't it? We just, we, we were blame Schneider anyway, yeah. yeah. So, something, <laughs> sure. Just on the note, Kurt Zuma, signed for Chelsea 2014. Yeah. How many appearances has he had in. For what, Chelsea? Five years, yeah. He's had a lot of loans in that time. 43. I reckon about. 30. Yeah, so Max, Max pretty close. So including sub. Appearances, 47 Chelsea appearances since 2014. If that doesn't show that I'm a case, you're a super fan. I don't know what does, <laughs> to be honest. But, but I think no, that, but, that yeah, makes a thing. Yeah. How many what managers have you played under yeah, what Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he can't but be an attitude problem because he hasn't got an attitude problem. No, he problem. didn't be a man. Yeah, he did sure. have a, a, lengthy, a lengthy knee injury than he had time he on the sideline. But the point is, he's never been first choice with Chelsea, has he? No. Will he be first choice this season? Not guaranteed. Yeah. Not guaranteed. So it's whether he's wrestling with and he said it already yeah. he wants to be part of the Euro 2020 squad with France will he get the chance to be will he keep his place in the squad which he's, which he's regained through playing with Everton week in week out or is it potential for him to lose it if he plays say 20-25 games for Chelsea where he could be playing 40-45 Everton That's, he's got to start every week for Chelsea to yeah. get in that squad and, and he won't and he won't do and, he, and he's got to in order to get in that squad mm-hmm. I think he deep down he knows that I think the Lampard thing, the fact they can't sign anyone, has made it obviously unfortunate for us. If they could sign, we'd have them by now. Yeah, of course we would. Because would have kept them. Yeah, of course we would. But I think uh, Lampard coming in as well, you know, as we've said before, you know, if, it, if it had still been um, Sari there, then you know, we'd, we'd probably be an Everton yeah. player, wouldn't he? Yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things. But, you know, let, let's hope we do get him. If not, then I do feel we'll have obviously covered there, whether it's on loan or anything else. The other thing I wanted to talk about is obviously... Um, what everyone's what, what everyone's wanted for the last few years really is obviously a, a central striker. Um, we mentioned just before then, obviously Moise Ken, as he's known, this exciting young kid from Italy. He's, he's been you know he's been on the radar there for years. He's been touted as the next big thing. He's come into Juve's first team and had a pretty good season, didn't he? First season, uh, scored all kinds of goals. Seems like a real powerhouse, doesn't he? Um, that's one that's got the most traction. What's your thoughts on it, you guys, in terms of if we brought him in? Because I can't see him personally going straight into that team and going, right, he's going to score 20 goals. I think he'll need time to adjust, particularly from the Italian league to the Premier League. He's got the physicality, that's clear. He's got a bit of pace. But just throwing him in straight away as a number nine and expecting him to score 20 goals, it may not happen. So we'd have to bed him in, wouldn't we? Yeah, if we did sign him, the expectation would be massive. It always is with with Everton strikers. I know it's been rumoured that we've been pretty close to a deal over the weekend, hasn't it? It's, uh, the, the president from Juve has been over apparently discuss, uh, in discussions with uh, reps from Everton. Yeah. Apparently the sticking point is around the resale clause. Yeah, it's a buyback, isn't it? So you, there was rumours today about they're going to buy him for €40 million Euros and they want a buyback clause for €40 million. Euros. doesn't make any kind of business sense at all, does it? So why would we accept anything like that? It's all talk from the Italian media. Believe what you want to believe. In my opinion, there's definitely it's it's the most likely is him. Um, the the likes of uh, is it Liao at uh, at Lille apparently going to AC Milan. Um, obviously we we discussed Pepe before. Um, one which I think will come up in the next few days, um, if not by you know before the window closes, is Traore. That's the fallback. You think that's coming back? Yeah, coming back. I don't, I don't want him. Yeah. Well, well, we, we've all sort of in agreement with that in terms of what he is his Premier League experience is. That that's why Everton is sort of looking at him because he's played in the Premier League before. Um, but I think that is one that will come up back end of next week. I th- I think that's definitely one which is which is a goer. Uh, it's a it's a big thing this striker role. I just think that in Marco Silva's mind, he would be quite content with getting. Moise Ken or Malcolm or or and or not both and I play, want both me. well you're not going to get both I'm playing with Charleston Sensel and when Charleston's not Sensel Calvert-Lewin will come into the side that's my opinion we can't do it all we, no we can't, we can't. I, I just think I just think Malcolm's a different type of player isn't he he's what the you know like a wing forward type isn't he I, I think 
I'd rather not spend that money on Zaha and then get someone like Malcolm and him. We won't we'll, we'll get two. If it might, this is you my don't think we get Zaha and Moise Ken? You won't get both? No. No. No, sure. no. Definitely not. Because he's more of an out and out central striker, isn't he? Yeah, but he, he could still play either side, couldn't he? If, yeah. if you brought, if you brought uh, Moise Ken in, it'd still be what you're saying to your front three there. So if it's, if it's him, Bernard, and it's Charleston, you're looking for interchanging. Yeah. That, that, yeah, it gives options. That, that's what the best teams. Options. That's what, that's what the best teams do. Yeah, the teams who play this three up top, that's what they do. Yeah. Well, so, it's the Raiola thing as well, isn't it? With him. Mm. So the fact Raiola's obviously got strong links with Brand, isn't it? Yeah. That makes it you know further likely that hopefully we'll be able to get it over the line. But look, there's just other clubs. We've talked about this before briefly. You know, Leicester. I think have signed well so far this window. Um, you know, Telemans getting him in and people like that. Um, I think Wolves have strengthened as well, haven't they? Um, they got from a Loan today, yeah, they did. Yeah, so you know they they've they've strengthened as well, and also they've got Europe because they have to strengthen. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to have that, squad depth. That could massively. be the downfall, though, as, as we it know ourselves, and as, as Burnley found out. Yeah. You know, but look, under Martinez, I remember when we got into Europe, and obviously we did all right that season under Martinez. We got into it, but Martinez, you remember when we got in, he clearly said to the board, "We need to invest massively in this squad mm-hmm. now because we're going to be playing on two fronts: th- Thursday, Sunday." Yeah. And we never really did, as yeah. always. Then we didn't. We didn't have the money, and as a result, we didn't. You know, we didn't manage to go as, as far as we did. But I think if you're playing in in that comp, you need to have ridiculous squad depth, don't you? Yeah. And quality in, in in abundance, really. But I think it won't go away. That I, I hope. I know you said we won't, but I hope we do go in for Malcolm and that young lad, um, the Italian lad. I, I, I really do. I just think straight away that lifts you, isn't it, as a fan? If we can get both of them, so you're thinking straight away goals. Which is it's clear so far. Again, it's only pre-season, and we haven't got Richarlison back in the side, and he'll make a big difference. But, but I think you're right. We can't have too much reliance on him. Yeah, to bring goals. Yeah. Well, we can't, and that's that's that is Dickinson because you know, yeah, it's only, it's only pre-season. We're not meant to, but we still like, like to look at how we're playing. Yeah, and I think at times we 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 knock the ball around actually quite nicely. Dal's yeah. all right. Dal's okay. He likes yeah. to get on the ball, doesn't he? Yeah, it calls for it, dictates. But but, yeah. I th- but I think it, what what is evidence is that. And it's not Calvert Lewin's fault. You come back ten days ago, whatever it was, you know. When we get into that final third, it's a lack of ideas and mm. a lack of a killer instinct, mm. and it's what we suffered from quite a bit last season yes. with the Charleston. Let's remember what happened. Yeah. Start of the season, it was a revelation. It yeah. was unbelievable. And what the teams do? Double up and kick yeah. into bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when he went out right, he got a bit more space. I think one thing that's slightly concerning. Again, it's only pre-season, so you know you're just trying to read it and what what you see in the games. Is Delph is quite a dominant, per, you know, personality. He likes to get on it deep, dictate. My worries is kind of Gomez almost played that role for us last year, like the deep line sort of quarterback type, if you like. And you know, with him and Gomez in the in the same team, you got to worry that is he going to take the ball more off Gomez a lot more? No, you know? just let Andre Gomez float through that midfield. They no, don't have any worries about no, that. Uh, no, watching that game today, it's Gomez amazing. on ice. That's what we're in focus <laughs> next season. And look. We, we all rate him but watching that game today against Sevilla where we did knock it about for a bit he was actually demanding the ball and Gomez didn't really have that many touches do you know what I mean I think, I, I think, think you know it's, I think long you don't want him to sort of having more of the ball because Gomez was, was getting off the centre halves a lot last year wasn't he do you but know what it, mean? it will be long term would be an issue because for me Andre Gomez will start week in week out Delph will probably start the season uh, because well, he's going to have to isn't he yeah because it's usually games replacement won't come in and start against Crystal Palace so they that, that's the reason that, that Dell's been brought in, knowing that whoever gets brought in to replace the CCG is going to be a young lad, 21, 22, 23, whatever it might be. He needs someone around him to sort of feed off, to learn off. So you've got Andre Gomez and you've got uh, Fabian Delft. So Delft will probably start the season. I fully expect him to then give way for for this, this new centre midfielder. So it won't be a problem. I get what you're saying, but I think it gives Gomez a bit more of a licence. Yeah. We know Gomez can, can hit a ball. We, we obviously scored a great goal against Wolves last season, scored great goals in his time in Valencia as well. So we can he can strike a ball. So we're just saying to Andre Gomez, right, well you're now you're the forward thinking one. You know, we can have Del sitting there if we want to, spraying the ball out, dictate and play a little bit. You can now think yeah. be a bit more forward thinking. So that that yeah, would evolve. So. That would evolve so. and develop. Listen, let, let's go he, He's a majestic player and you want him to sort of yeah. have an influence on the game. Because when he played well last year, we played well. You know what I mean? Um, so I do think that. But um, look, just just to finish up, then I mean, um, we've discussed transfers there again. Um, what do we think is going to be likely then? Cause I, I think, I think, 
and I've said you said it before. I think we need Malcolm. This Moise can obviously. I don't want to touch Sahar, but obviously that won't go away. Let's see what happens. Um, Zuma, if we can get him, if not a replacement, and then and then obviously Gage replacement as well, and then a right back on loan, which looks like that will happen right at the end. That yeah, I'm, I'm not. So that's what's that four? That's five. Really, I'm, I'm not swaying from what I said a few weeks ago. I I still think you'll just see centre half, one attacking player, central midfielder replacements. We may and you may see it right back on loan. I can't say anymore. So you only see one attacker, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Pete, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, well? I agree with you. We need. I think we need more than one for the squad, but I think we bring in three. Yeah, yeah. No, forward midfielder defender. Well, I mean, only, so only time will tell. But I mean, you know, we're we're going to be back um, to preview the Palace game, aren't we? Um, in the next sort of seven to ten days. So by that time, hopefully, we've we've. Should have progressed a bit more. More players out, more incomings. Excitement will be building. Um, so, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you for the next podcast on the eve of the next of the new season. Sports Social Podcast Network.